churches up and down the eastern seaboard, uh, and I give God praise uh, for what God has done through that. Uh, we are one of seven here in the U.S., uh, and I think about 14 or so over in Malawi, Africa. So we give God praise for what he's doing in church plant planting churches across this country and in the world. So we give God praise for that. I give God praise for Dr. Mason, uh, who uh, I refer to as uh, my grandfather in the ministry, he is uh, an <laughs> amazing, powerful man of God. I give God praise for him. Uh, I also give God praise for uh, <laughs> my uh, Epiphany Camden family. Where y'all at? Yeah. Epiphany Camden. Just encouraged by uh, how, how God placed us together. Uh, and then we, we had no idea what God was up to or what God would do. Uh, but God knows. <laughs> Amen, somebody. God knows, uh, even when we don't know. Uh, and I, I give God praise for my pastor, uh, Pastor Doug Logan. If you guys give Pastor Doug Logan a hand. Uh, that's my father in the, <laughs> on the block. That's my father in the ministry. I, I give God praise for uh, just all that I've learned from him, all that he's taught me. And I, I give God honor for that. Um, I want to give God praise for my family. Um, give God praise for my family. I want to start with my aunt who is here today, uh, my aunt who raised me uh, from the time I was five years old. Auntie, could you stand, please? We want to give you some honor today. That's my auntie, y'all. I love her to pieces. Any problems, you'll catch hands if you mess with her. I mean that with everything in me. You'll catch some hands. Amen. Uh, <laughs> to all my, my nephews and nieces and my, my, my brothers and sisters, um, I'm going to give God praise for my, my children who, man, my, my little babies, especially my little Raelle, man, she is an evangelist. We went out this weekend canvassing, handing out flyers and, 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 and water, and she was all over it. I mean, she was, she was getting mad at me because I was moving too slow. She's like, Daddy, I need more flyers, Daddy. Come on, Daddy. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll get you some flyers. My baby girl, Maya, and my son, Nas, who, who works tirelessly uh, with us, um, Man, my son, man, he, he's, on the, he's on the board over there right now, but 
when we were early on, he was loading and unloading the car. He was setting up, tearing down. He was doing all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> work. He was getting worked all right. <laughs> so I, I give my praise for my family, my children. But uh, I would be um, remiss if I did not thank the love of my life. Mrs. Atia Parks. Baby, stand up, baby. I want them to see how good you look. Go on, stand up. I want you to see how good she look. That's my... Now listen. That's my chocolate peanut butter cup, y'all. My Reese's peanut butter cup. She's dark like chocolate on the outside, but she's sweet like peanut butter on the inside. Amen, somebody. I feel my help coming to me right now. In the name of Jesus. Ain't too much. Ain't too much. <laughs> and lastly, I want to give honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with whom, without him, none of this is possible. Without Jesus Christ, none of this is possible. So I'm going to jump in because I'm excited to preach the word of God today. I'm going to preach from the text today. Let's show off. Let's show off. I'll be in Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, and I'll read through verse 15. If you have it, 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 it turn to in your Bibles. If not, we'll have it up for you up on the screens here. And I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Hear these words of our Father. Verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The scripture says that he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, your word is powerful, Lord. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Father, severing the marrow from the bone. God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls, God. God, I pray that when we hear this word, we might be transformed by this word, God. And when we hear this word, we would respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. God, and it's by your power and it's by your might, Lord, that we pray, God, and that we cry out to you, Father, that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
So when a person works an eight-hour day and receives a fair day's wage, a fair day's pay, that is called a wage. When a person competes with an opponent and receives a trophy for his performance, that is called a prize. When a person receives appropriate recognition for their long service or high achievement, that is called an award. But when a person is not capable of earning a wage, and when a person can win no prize, and when they deserve no award, yet they receive such a gift anyway, that is called grace. And if we are going to show off for Jesus, we need his grace. If we are going to show off for Jesus Christ here in the city of Wilmington, then we need his grace. Join me in verse 11 where it says, for the grace of God has appeared. See, God's grace is unmerited favor. Meaning that whatever amount of grace you have received in your life, you didn't earn not one drop or one bit of that grace. That also means that you did not deserve any of the grace that you have been given either. And so I want to get right down to the brass text here because I I, I want us all to know that as we move towards any powerful moment, whether it's launch, whether it's getting married, whatever it may be, as we move towards any powerful moment in our lives, it is only by his grace that we are allowed to enter into that moment. I know we're here in Wilmington and it's, it's known as the corporate capital of America. And we think that we have it all together with all of our degrees and all of our entrepreneurial ventures and our, our, our halfway good jobs. Uh, but I stand here as a herald for the king to let you know that it's only the grace of God that allows you to be right where you are. See, this grace speaks of that which affords us joy and pleasure and delight and sweetness. So so all that we have comes from his grace. Do you, do you get what I'm driving at here? I want to make this pretty plain for us that all that we have, everything that we are, comes by his grace. You see, here is what happens oftentimes, is oftentimes we seek pleasure from things that are outside of his grace. We chase after money, sometimes illegally. We chase relationships, which most of the time aren't even good for us. We chase status. And nowadays that status has a hashtag and a filter attached to it in order to increase our likability. But we chase after things and seek pleasure from things that do not come from his grace. But this text is tailored to teach us today that God showed that his grace shows us how we are to live. See, God's grace shows us exactly how we are to live for him. See, it says here that the grace of God has appeared. So, so here's how that works. So some 2,000 years ago, grace appeared. And just like Oscar Mayer Baloney, that grace had a first name. Uh, I wish I had some help in here today and some people who knew what I was talking about, that his name was J-E-S-U-S. His name was Jesus Christ the Lord. See, when grace had appeared, see, it's the, it's the same Jesus who the book of Colossians says he is the light of the world. 
it's the same Jesus who, 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 who it says that he, he was the light of the world and he has now allowed himself to be clearly known as he has brought all things into the light. It's the same Jesus who Colossians tells us he is the image of the invisible God. And now he has appeared before us. In other words, he has epiphanied to us. So listen, I, I, I want to tell you that this, this is what we, we're seeking to do here at this church is we're seeking to appear and be appearances of Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. We're all about showing off the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's our mission. That's our work. It will forever be our mission and our work. So listen here. It says that he brought salvation to us. When Jesus appeared, he brought salvation with him. But I want to submit this idea to you. Not only has he brought salvation, but he's also bought our salvation. And and see, this salvation that he bought for us, he bought for all peoples. Maybe you're in here today and you think that this salvation isn't for you. Maybe you think that you're too far gone for salvation. Maybe you think that you've done too much in your life, too much dirt in your life in order to receive salvation. But I want you to know that this salvation that has appeared is tailor-made for you. And you know, this grace, what it does, it shows us where to look. See, grace shows us exactly where we are to look. In verse 13, it says here, while we wait. Have you ever had to wait for something? We all wait in some way or another. And oftentimes, we don't wait well. (laughs) We get impatient. We get frustrated with God. We get upset and angry with people when they make us wait. Most of you start off your day having to wait just to go to the bathroom in your house. Then you got to wait in traffic to get to work. And then you out here waiting on payday to come. I know that y'all out here waiting on payday to come. Amen, somebody. We all waiting on that. So listen, oftentimes we wait on things knowing what the end result is going to look like. See, you know exactly what your paycheck is going to look like most of the time. And most of the time it's lower than what it needs to be. Amen. And you can expect the events of your workday to pretty much go with a reasonable amount of certainty that they're going to go kind of the same way. But I want us to see this, that this word here that tells us to wait, what this word can mean, it means to expect or to accept. So when it tells us to expect, we are to wait with expectancy that God will do great things in our lives. So in other words, as we wait, we wait to see the fulfillment of the promises of God. We've been waiting uh, for several months for this day. We've been waiting for a little while for April 15th to get here so that we could launch the church and so that we could celebrate what Jesus is doing here in the city. But this word also can mean to accept what God is doing. So while we wait, we are accepting whatever comes from our God. So in other words, we don't reject what God is doing in our life even when we don't understand it or even when we don't like it. 
You see, that, that is where this blessed hope comes into play. This hope is our joyful and expected confidence in Jesus. This hope that we have, uh, that First Peter tells us, it's a living hope. It's not a dead hope that we hope in. It is a living hope that we hope for. So listen, church, as, as this church is being birthed, I, I want us to know that we're not just waiting on the hope of some principle to show up, but we're waiting on the hope of a person who's going to appear. And look, I, I, I love this. I love this right here because it tells us that the author of the hope and the thing that is hoped for, they are the same thing. See, that hope that we are hoping for and the author of the hope, they are Jesus Christ the Lord. So this Jesus here, this Jesus who we're hoping for, we are looking for his coming. But we are also looking for him in the everyday circumstances of our lives. See, this passage tells us here that the appearing, we wait for the, for the hope of the appearing of our Lord. See, as we plant this church, we are waiting on the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, that glory is his magnificence. That glory is his excellence. But more than that, that glory talks about the very weight of God. Let me show you this. The very weight of God finds itself in the person of Jesus Christ. So watch this. The, the God who created the sun, which is about 109 times wider than the earth and about 333 times heavier than the earth. The God who created that earth wrapped himself up in human flesh and his name was Jesus Christ. Uh, even more than that, the, 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 our solar system, our universe has what's called super giant stars. Uh, like like VI Majoris, which is 2,100 times bigger than the sun. So I want you to imagine the weight of a God who was able to create a, a star 2,100 times bigger than the sun, wrapping himself up to be an embryo. I want you to catch the weight of that, that, that God is so powerful that he can accomplish anything, even wrapping himself up in human flesh to come down on the earth to save sinners like you and me. See, I, I get excited because the old church, they used to sing and they used to scream the song that there is power in the name of Jesus. That there is power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. So if you're sitting here today and you're wondering about the things going on in your life, if you're sitting here today and you're wondering about if God is going to make a way out for you, if you're wondering if God is going to help you out through this situation, if you're wondering if God is going to do anything in this city to transform this city, I want you to think on the weight of our God. I want you to think on the weightiness of our God. And lastly, grace shows us who we live for. Yeah. See, verse 14 says that he gave himself for us. We are going to spend our lives in the life of this church telling others about the one 
who gave himself for us. That's what we're going to spend our time and our life doing here at this church. What a gift it is to receive Jesus. I said, what a gift it is to receive Jesus Christ, the Lord. What, what an unmerited favor it is to receive Jesus. See, and, and it says here that he says, the one who redeemed us from all lawlessness and the one, he's the one who liberated us by the payment of our sins. See, this Jesus here, the one who we will worship, the one who we will praise here, the ones whose glory we will seek, the one who we will seek to be little appearances of this Jesus, he shows us exactly how we are to live and who we are to live for. And that person is Jesus Christ, the Lord. He says that he cleansed us, not for us, but for himself. See, I love that God does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. He doesn't consult anybody about what he's going to do. He don't ask nobody for permission about what he's about to do. He don't need nobody to give him directions on Google Maps. He don't need nobody to make a recommendation for him on Facebook. He does whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. So that causes us to respond to God and his work here in the city of Wilmington, Delaware. I want to close with this. I'm pretty sure that most of y'all have seen Black Panther by now. If you haven't, I'm sorry. I won't spoil it for you right now. You should have went to see it. Should have supported it. See, Black Panther was such a powerful movie because it was a, it was a good movie, number one. But it was a more specifically, it was a powerful movie because it gave people of color a sense of belonging. It was one of the first times that a major motion picture had featured a predominantly African-American uh, cast. So during the movie, we see the scene of a king being challenged for his throne by several opponents. And during this challenge, King T'Challa, who was the Black Panther, had to have the powers of the Black Panther stripped away from him. He had to have it. They had to take it away from him. So in order for that to happen, he had to drink of this elixir. And as he drank of the elixir, it would begin to drain away his power. So what he had to do is he had to rely on his pure strength and talent in order to defeat his enemies. And the idea was that the most talented and skillful fighter would win the fight or the challenge to the death, either by death or submission. Now, in the challenge that mattered in the movie, uh, a rogue challenger had overthrown King T'Challa. Because, uh, not be, and not because of his strength, it was regardless of the circumstances that he found himself in, King T'Challa was overthrown. And all I'm saying to us today is that before grace had appeared in our life, we were like King T'Challa when he had the powers of the Black Panther drained away from him. And see, the elixir that we drank from was the elixir called sin. 
And see, that elixir that we drank up, but unlike King T'Challa, we were not the best warriors who were able to fight. In fact, we were going to get our butts kicked all up and down that waterfall. We would have been singing TLC, don't go chasing waterfalls. We would have been doing all that kind of stuff up there because we were getting our butts kicked. But see, listen, even though he had all of his friends around him, none of them could help him. Even though he had access to all the money, none of that could help him. Even though he had access to power, it could not help him in that moment. And just like your job, just like your money, just like your friends, just like your status, your influence, none of that will help you in the day that the Lord comes requiring of your soul. So, but here's the good news. After grace had appeared and the fight was over, we were given another elixir. And that elixir was called the blood of Christ. And we drink from that elixir, and we receive power. But then, I, I love this, it says that we were covered by his blood. Y'all remember the scene when he was laying down, and they covered him over? That's what happens with us when grace appears. We get covered up by the blood of Jesus. And I want to, to encourage you today that as grace appears in your life, as grace has appeared here in the city of Wilmington, everything will change. I wish I had some people who understood about the blood. I wish I had 20 or 30 people who knew what I was talking about when I was talking about the blood of Jesus. Uh, if I can't get 20 or 30, I wish I just had about 10 or 20 people who knew what I was talking about when I was talking about his grace. If I can't get 10 or 20, just let me get two or three people who know about his grace and who know that grace has appeared bringing salvation for all men. And I want you to know today, church, as we plant this church, I'm here to proclaim through the planting of this church that grace has appeared here in the city of Wilmington. Do you know about his grace today? Do you know about his grace today? Do you know him? Do you know about his grace today? If you don't know about his grace today, I want to invite you to know him today. I want to invite you to know about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to invite you to know today about the one who went to a cross for us. I want you to know today about the one who died in our place. It should have been us hanging up on that cross. It should have been us taking that beating. But it was him. He took on the penalty of sin and death for us. And if you don't know him today, I want to invite you to know him today. I want to invite you to know Jesus Christ today. I want you to know this person who appeared 2,000 years ago called Grace. His name was Jesus Christ. He will wipe away all of your sins. And he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you want to trust him today, I'll ask you to, to, to slip up your hand today to trust in Jesus. If you are here and here today and you want to trust in Jesus Every eye uh, closed and every head bowed. If you are in here today and you want to trust in Jesus, I ask that you lift up your hand today. We've got people in the back who are waiting to receive you today. Who will continue to tell you about the salvation that appeared. The salvation that Paul brags about to his son Titus. This grace that has appeared before us. Is there one who 
would like to know Jesus in fellowship with the sufferings. Don't be ashamed of him today. Scripture says that he will stand by you forever. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Even when your mother and father forsake you. The Lord will never forsake you. Won't you trust him today? Trust in Jesus today. If we're here for nothing else today, we're here to see souls come to know Jesus Christ. I don't care about none of this launch stuff. I don't care about none of this lights we got in here. We care about your soul. If you want to turn to Jesus today, won't you trust him? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. God, we thank you for your blood that you shed for us on Calvary. God, how you ransomed us from the power of sin and from the grave. Lord God, we pray that you will be glorified in this place through the launching of this church today that you will be glorified forevermore and God I pray that you would be exalted that no other name not our name not Buddha not Muhammad not Vishnu your name that you will accomplish everything that you said you would do. And it's in the matchless, powerful name of Jesus Christ that we